The views and opinions expressed by a little bit culty are those of the hosts and don't reflect the official policy or position of the podcast. Any of the, quote, fire content provided by our guests, blogger, sponsors, or authors are the opinion and are not intended to malign a religion, a group, a club, an organization, business individual, anyone or anything, unless they're... You're a douchebag. Yeah. We're not doctors, psychologists, therapists, licensed counselors, or shamans, even though you kind of think you are sometimes. I'm like an urban shaman. Okay. okay. Good talk. Hey, everybody. Sarah Edmondson here. And I'm Anthony Ames, a.k.a. Nippy, Sarah's husband. And you're listening to A A Little Little Bit Bit Culty, a.k.a. ALBC, a podcast about what happens when devotion goes to the dark side. We've been there and back again. A little about us. True story. We met and fell in love in a cult. And then we woke up and got the hell out of Dodge. And the whole thing was captured in the HBO docuseries, The Vow, now in its second season. I also wrote about our experience in my memoir, Scarred, the true story of how I escaped Nexium, the cult that bound my life. Look at us, a couple of married podcasters who just happened to have a weekly date night where we interview experts and advocates in things like cult awareness and mind control. Wait, 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 wait. this does not count toward date night, babe. We got to schedule that. That's separate. So there's two days we got to hang out? (laughs) We do this podcast thing because we learned a lot on our exit ramp out of Nexium, still on that journey, and we want to pay the lessons forward with the help of other cult survivors and whistleblowers. We know all too well that culty things happen. It happens to people every day across every walk of life. So join us each week to tackle these culty dynamics, everywhere from online dating to mega churches and multi-level marketing. This stuff really is everywhere. The cultiverse just keeps on expanding, and so are we. Welcome to season five of A Little Bit Culty, serving cult content and word salads weekly on your favorite podcast platforms. Learn more at a littlebitculty.com. Hello, Cultiverse. Hello, Cultiverse. We are back. We are back. I can't even, I was trying to make a list of all the things we need to cover right now well, because there's so much going on. Housekeeping. There, I have some housekeeping. I have some housekeeping for our fabulous community. We know. We know. <laughs> I just did the dishes. Breaking news. Breaking That's news. That's housekeeping. Nippy, I think. You're welcome. I love that everyone's like, oh, like I love your banter. You guys will get along so great. We don't always. We don't always get along so great. This has been a very stressful time. Your mom's in town. My mom's in town, which is great because she's been helping with some of the kid stuff and the bedtime routine so we could- No, we just had a bomb ass meal. And she took us to an incredible restaurant, Rumi's. Oh, so good. Oh, Rumi. so oh. good. Lamb, oh. ribs. Anyway, that was one of the things I'm really enjoying about Atlanta and, and people have been asking like, how are you doing really? Like, how are you really doing? And I've been so go, go, go with like all the things it takes to set up a life again, like getting into a bank account and starting a company and getting a tax number for the company and, you know, leasing a car and all the things. It takes a lot of time. And then, and then somewhere Mm -hmm. in there, I was like, I have no idea about so many things in Georgia. Like people are probably like, oh yeah, they went to tech or, oh, they went to Florida state or they, I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means they're really smart. No, I know. But like, I don't, not from here, but like if someone says, oh, they went to Harvard or something, I'm like, okay, I have a sort of, I, even though I didn't go to Harvard, I have a sense that what that means. I don't know anything about the schools around here. I don't know anything about the politics. I don't know anything about... 
That's probably better. It's probably better. And I'm just meeting people for who they are and if I like their energy or whatever. But I'm noticing that like there's a real, like, I mean, I knew there was a division. We've talked about this on the podcast, but like people are sussing out on where you stand on all these topics uh, and, and trying to like kind of pigeonhole you. Like, are you left? Are you right? Are you pro this or anti this? And I'm just, I just feel well, that's, that's, like a little that's uncomfortable. That's indicative of the times that we're in. <laughs> it is indicative of the times. But also yeah. I'm wondering, of, of is it Georgia as well or Atlanta? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I can't say yet. I can't say. No, it's it's America right now. It's America right now. That's why you have people leaving certain cities. They're calling, I mean, they're calling it red and blue right now. And it, even if you, like we've experienced it. Like if you, we, we try to remain purple, right? <laughs> we try to show people processes. And we've been not, called libtards yeah. and, and Trumpers. And After the same podcast. <laughs> yeah. I posted like three things on Twitter that someone called anti-woke. And yes, I am anti-woke, which means I'm anti-extreme left the same way I'm anti-extreme right. We're anti-extreme. But they won't accept it. Like if someone is in one of those camps because it's become so binary, they don't allow you to have a stance that looks at hey, the right has some good ideas and the left has some good ideas and we can meet in the middle and have a discussion there. A lot of people, and we talked about this when you got home last night, don't want to get in a position where they say something and they get persecuted for not having the correct belief system by the person who's deemed themselves the authority on what's okay to think and say. And that is what our podcast is about, a little bit culty. And when you get that way, it's a little bit culty. That's kind of the gist of why we have a podcast, right? Yes. Which might be a good segue. <laughs> into um, which of our many other things? Into things on our housekeeping Oh Well, that, well, I mean, I want to get into the Eckhart wrap up, but before I do, in our time, like in the reality of our timeline, The Vow, episode one's just dropped. And this morning we recorded a very fun, casual, meaningful, emotional conversation with Mark Vicente about what he thought and what we thought, and we just riffed. That's going to be over on Patreon. But I will tell you guys, generally we're happy with episode one. Uh, we're not in it as much as as you probably know if you've been watching The Vow, and that's totally fine. We've we've barely keeping our head above water with all these all these other things with moving and podcasts and just life. But it was just shocking to see some of the footage that the filmmakers were able to get. Don't you think, Nip? Yeah, the emergency meeting. The emergency meeting and the, and the fact that they were able to... that I mean, this is what I talked about in the last one of the last episodes. It's just like I've been wanting to see the behind the scenes that we missed and fill in the gaps, and I'm getting that. Yeah, I think we're going to get more of that too. I think we're going to get more of that. But you know what I really appreciate about this non-culty community is just how many people... It's kind of like that feeling when it's your birthday and like your Facebook is blowing up and you're, you know... People you haven't heard from in in years, like old roommates. Shout out to Alexa Abiscott in Montreal, who now is in Toronto, who's like, I'm watching The Vow. Like, I'm totally not in touch with her regularly, but these people in my life from the last 45 mm -hmm. years are mm -hmm. watching the trauma and now the trial unfold. And how does that feel for you? Which part? People reaching out? Yeah. I think it's more for you and Mark than it is for me. I don't have a whole lot of it. How do you feel about our new friends? We, one of our football friends will, will keep their identity private. <laughs> Just started watching yeah. the vow and she messaged me last night wondering if Nippy also participated in the lip kissing. <laughs> <laughs> That was funny. That was a funny text exchange. Oh, I saw I her today, like, by the way. I was, I was like, <laughs> I saw her. I was like, I loved you guys' text exchange last night. She's like, I ah, just keep it real. 
She's so funny. funny. She's She's like, y'all, y'all do all that lip kissing. And I'm like, Nippy would never, he's just not that kind of guy. But I mean, I kissed a fair number of people on the lips. There's people that like, that were kind of older and maybe gross to me for various reasons that I like, you know, turned my cheek and would do like a cheek kiss. But like the lip kissing is not something we've ever talked about in the podcast, but I will tell you, it certainly became normalized. It was definitely weird at the beginning. And then it would just like any gaslighting Nexium flip, like if you said something like, it's kind of weird, like what's up with this? It would be like, well, you know, it's just a more intimate way of greeting, which is true. It was sort of flip back on you that it was your own issues with like being intimate or like humanitarian or something. More in in the Women, but like, I still that. have some close girlfriends that I kiss on the lips, like as a greeting, not as a not as a, not as a French kiss, but like as a yeah. I don't you I know don't have any guys I kiss. I know, I know. It's 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 different. But anyway, <laughs> so it was like it was like that, but like just more of it, and it still grosses me out that I did kiss Keith on the lips. The vow aftermath Ugh. in general, though, has been pretty positive. Yeah, no, very, very positive. And I appreciate everybody checking on me or us, uh, but I will say that that I'm doing okay. I think they think it's going to be re-traumatizing in certain ways. And I, I thought maybe that it was, but it really wasn't because we're hardly in it. And I feel like I'm finding out what went on while we were going through our leaving. Yeah. So I kind of feel like we're just going with knowing that we're okay in the end. So I have the end result and I'm just kind of going, getting optics. Yeah. I think if anything, it's not so much re-traumatizing, it's just exhausting. Like it's exhausting trying to field the responses and, you know, everybody wants to talk about it and listen, what else, there's nothing else more interesting in my life. You don't have two kids that are more interesting. Well, than obviously the kids, the kids are <laughs> well, very important. I was, about, I was about to say other than like... <laughs> You know, Ace is learning about apples and like, obviously we're very involved in the kid's life. Oh, this is the other thing I was thinking about. Like, this has been a bit of a a strange thing for me coming to Atlanta and meeting new people. Like, because we're public about it, we can't really start fresh entirely and just be like, yeah, I'm an actor and I do voiceover. I'm like, yeah, uh, we have a podcast. And then it's like, inevitably, what's it about? And like, well, it's about cults. Oh, that's interesting. And then like, if you don't kind of get it out at the beginning and which has happened a couple of times and it comes out later, it feels even weirder. So I thought, I find that I have to like, not that I lead with it, but I just get it out on the table, like throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing what sticks and like the people who can handle it, you know, I can roll with and the people who can't handle it or are too weirded out by it probably aren't going to be a fit because I haven't really it's seen a big part of our lives. people weirded out by it. It's either interesting to them or yeah. like, oh, congratulations or whatever. And yeah. They could Google you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I yeah. just, I'm glad that the vow exists because I feel like it's so much more than just the headlines. So it's yeah. a relief. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, any other housekeeping? Yeah. Well, and you know, in addition to managing episode one of season two, we're also dealing with the aftermath of our episode of Eckhart Tolle, which if you haven't heard us over on Patreon unpacking it, I think that a lot of people's concerns, and I, let me just first say, it's a, it was a really mixed bag of like, wow, that episode was so helpful for me in deconstructing what happened in my spiritual cult. Yeah. Which I think is valuable. Which I think is valuable. And then on the other side, people being like, no way, uh-uh, no, I'm not gonna, not interested. This is no longer, some, some people even unfollowing us saying it's no longer a safe space for me, which of course I was like sad about and also like wish I'd done more of a disclaimer because I get it. A lot of what, not a lot of it, but some of the key concepts of what Eckhart teaches is in the same umbrella of what we learned in Nexium. So when I 
went back mm-hmm. to any sort of spiritual stuff. I was completely allergic to it and I couldn't even, it just was a trigger. Look, the constructive criticism, most of it I actually agree with. The ad hominem attacks on us creating a platform for Eckhart and saying we're giving him adherence and stuff like that is just just not true. Totally. I think we were pretty clear that we were, at no point we're like, this is who we're following now. You should follow him too. A lot of the criticisms <laughs> I actually was having thoughts similar to during the, the interview. And, yeah, and specifically that we didn't so it's, challenge it's, him. Most of them are pretty fair. I mean. Yeah, Sp- specifically like people were, well, we're going to play you some voicemails that sort of show the range. But I think just to like reconfirm some things, by no means are we saying, here's who you should follow. You know, this this is somebody who's been helpful for me. Yeah, but just I want to sure. say it again. And also yeah. for me, the somebody that I found helpful in my healing in learning about like what happens in a cult, I will never, ever again follow anybody. Like, listen, if I decide to go work for Eckhart and join his inner circle or something, then someone have an intervention. I'm just putting it out there right now. That's not my plan. Yeah, I you're think- going to be alone in that journey. <laughs> so we've said this before in the podcast that people have said, and we say, you know, it's one thing to take tools and put them in your life versus making the tools your life. And that's a distinction of when it goes from being like helpful to culty, one of the distinctions, right? Mm. So I hope that that's clear. And also want to say, like, if somebody says to you, well, you know, it's a lot of people said, oh, it's two word salady for me. Two things. One is if something doesn't sit right with you, don't listen to it. And that's the whole point of our podcast. <laughs> if somebody has a gut instinct that they don't, they don't like it, we're not going to be like, well, you're just not ready for it. But that being said, just because I heard, I saw some people on our Instagram saying, well, just because you don't understand it doesn't make it word salad. If it's word salad to you, then, you know, just move on. Find find something that resonates with you. There's a guy that I'm coaching with uh, right now, and he, and he knew who Eckhart... So I found a lot of people didn't know who Eckhart Tolle was, but he did. He said he read The Power of Now. He's like, yeah, I had a, made sense of some of it and some of it I didn't. And I think that's kind of... If you subscribe to a spiritual realm or whatever, and you're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, which I think is what the episode was kind of touching on, there there has to be room for some sort of spirituality. You have a lot of plausible deniability because it's very kind of nebulous. Like you can say something and it won't make sense to you, but it might make sense to me because I made sense of it on my own. Now, was that the person's intent when they were saying it? That's the nature of word salad. It gets you to think a little bit but not necessarily intentionally. Like if I'm getting you to think about, say, mathematics, there's a pretty tangible process of measuring whether you understood what I said because I can test you on it. The spiritual realm doesn't really have that. In fact, it has words, and the words are often something you have to go make sense of and then move on from that. And to suggest that if you make sense of it, you understood it to its entirety, I think would be arrogant. And to say that if you didn't understand it, at all, that it's your problem is arrogant as well. So there's a lot of ways to be spiritual and putting language to it's always going to be probably problematic for a lot of people. And also spirituality is kind of like people's relationship with God too. It's personal. Yeah. I think overall I was, I was a little shocked by how I felt some people were so up in arms, really happy that it was helpful for others. I was too, but then it kind of makes sense because if you've been burned by it and then we have a place that professes to call it out. And you turn it on and you go, this is the kind of shit I was burned by. And it looks like we're championing something that, I mean, you know, I mean, I can make allowance for their criticisms. I don't have a problem with it. Yes. I guess that's the only place where I felt a little bit like, oh shit, we should have reiterated. This might be 
triggering for those who recovered from any sort of spiritual, but you know, we had a mixed response. A lot of people made, yeah. were able to get derive some value out of it. So, speaking of which, we have some. We yeah. just wanted to show some of the some of Let's the variety videotape. Video Here we go. This is the golden age of cult recovery. The more we speak up and share our stories, the more we realize we are not alone. Your voice and your story can empower others. This is Sarah, and I'm proud to be a founding collaborator of the hashtag I Got Out movement. Learn more at igotout.org. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Nippy. Uh, it's Kevin up in Vancouver. Um, Canada misses you, by the way, but uh, glad you guys are settling in. Just wanted to say I love um, ALBC and I've uh, been a watcher and of uh, the vow and the listener of, uh, to the podcast from the beginning. Um, and glad you guys are healing and uh, giving back. Uh, through your experiences. Just wanted to comment quickly about the Eckhart Tolle um, two-parter. Um, as an intellectual and spiritual exercise, it was fascinating and um, really educational and interesting to listen to. Um, and just under the ALBC banner, I thought it was a little bit of a missed opportunity um, to challenge him more and uh how often do you have the spiritual leader come on to your podcast i mean the the, the bad ones of course they're never going to come on um so to have a, a possibly a good one or uh, one that's at least uh, approachable and interesting um it's good to ask the questions that like to challenge that person with the questions that you would have probably wanted to ask uh, um, Keith or any of the other ones that have turned out to be um, um, negative or narcissistic. Um, so I thought it was a bit, uh, it was a bit uh, egoic <laughs> to um, kind of just let him go on about um, his beliefs and what he <clears throat> believes in and whatnot. And uh, I know, Sarah, at one point, you I think you mentioned about how it, it was a little bit dangerous to kind of excuse experience as just part of consciousness. I think that was kind of the gist of it, because uh, he was saying, you know, without, you know, it's, this is our, our real bodies and our real lives are kind of just a shell for consciousness. So whatever happens to you doesn't really matter because consciousness remains. And I think you challenged him a little bit on that. And I thought that was really a good opportunity. And it would have been great to have that throughout um, in a respectful and assertive way. Um, and I think that he would have handled it very well and uh, probably explained it from uh, his position. Um, so again, it was it was wonderful to listen to. It was great, good content, um, but as a little bit culty, um, I thought it was a great chance to really uh, pin down uh, the pitfalls of what it could be uh, to be a spiritual leader and uh, how he would distinguish himself from others or to prevent himself from becoming that. And uh, that would have been, uh, I think, good content for the viewers uh, because that's kind of why we come to your podcast. So again, good luck and uh, keep things rolling. And I can't wait to hear things in the future. Okay, great. So that was, I forgot to mention, that was Kevin Anderson. By the way, that is a very responsible, fair, and critical assessment, I think. 
Yeah. I feel criticized and supported in the same. Well, that's right. That's (laughs) the epitome of constructive criticism. We love that. And just like we learned in Nexium, all feedback's valid. (laughs) Yeah, I think the feedback is pretty good. I also feel like there were some impulses there. And I think I said this in one of our previous, or I responded to one of our Patreon responses is, he had an inertia, Eckhart did, an inertia of talking that I didn't feel like there were natural pauses to ask questions. And when I had impulses to ask questions, there it didn't feel like there was a flow and it felt like he was in his own kind of, and I didn't feel like interrupting. I remember. Yeah, I remember and that too. I didn't, and, I, and I felt like, okay, well, it looks like he's going to talk and then maybe we'll discuss something later. And then I, there was a moment where he said that moment about if you don't understand it, it's word salad. And I was like, I felt deferential. There was something I said we did. I did feel a little deferential and I didn't feel, I felt like if I were to challenge him, it was like going to be a gotcha moment. And yeah. I didn't want to turn that into a gotcha thing. And I kind of felt like our podcast was his platform, but I also didn't feel like that was necessarily a bad thing at the time, mm-hmm. you know? And I didn't feel like he was under the spotlight or under the gun, but I do feel like there are some aspects of it that we could have challenged, at least in hindsight and listening to the episodes a couple of times. I should have asked this. I should have asked that. So, yeah. you know, part of learning to do a podcast, you know, yeah. I mean, just because they're nice and, and and have esteem doesn't mean you and I can't go in and kick the tires a little more. I definitely wish we had. I, there, I definitely remember watching him and being like, 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 you know, you're about to take a breath and like, but there's no pause. Yeah. That for sure happened. I had it. I should be asking a question here, don't I? <laughs> I had that moment. Yeah. Well, normally we would. We had, a whole bunch, we had a whole bunch of questions, but I feel like we caught, we did cover what we pl- we were hoping to in terms of his perspective Just on- Just not thoroughly. Like I feel yeah. like 75, 80%. I don't think he does a lot of, interviews like this, it's more that he goes and speaks. So I think that yes, that was just him going and speaking, not like having a dialogue. I watched an interview that he did with a guy named Dave Rubin, and it was very similar. Even the chronology of his story on Dave Rubin's was akin to ours. So I think he has right. this kind of He has sound a sound bites. bites. Mm-hmm. I think the conversations that I saw on Instagram on our Discord and our Patreon, there's so many places to talk now. The conversations I have were generally respectful. I was, you know, sad when I saw people go like, sorry, no, and I have to unsubscribe, which I feel is like a little bit, you know, Uh, like, you know, know, just skip it. You can listen to the next one if it doesn't resonate. By no means we've ever said. 65 out of 66 podcasts were good and one wasn't. (laughs) We got killed on some reviews too. It's like, come on, people. Yeah, that is actually a request. Nobody bats a thousand. If you liked it, please do write us a good review and then maybe we'll read it on the next Hello Cultiverse. Okay, here's another message from Demetria just to give a flip side to that one. This literally came in like right after Kevin's. Demetria, here we go. Hello, I just want to say thank you so much for your podcast and for having Eckhart Tolle. I left a cult last year after being there for four years, and I've listened to almost every one of your episodes. I think that both of you are absolutely very, very important voices uh, right now in this in this world and really being able to discern what is true and what is false. Eckhart Tolle changed my life, you know, back in 2008. And I really believe that it was his teachings that provided the foundation for me to leave the cult after four years uh, because it became clear like this is just really not... Um, it's just not passing the truth test, you know? So the fact that you have him on right now, 
uh, it just really feels like a coming full circle. And I just want to uh, express my deep appreciation for all that the both of you are doing. So thank you. And please, please keep, keep, keep it up. Thank you. Well, there you go. Yep. Same person, different response. And that's why it's so great to have, you know, subjective experience in this world. And there's no one thing for everybody, which I think is kind of the point. Am I right, Nippy? Yeah. If she's able to hear him and he inspires a spiritual kind of response in her, is that bad? I mean, I guess those are the questions that you have asked now. Similarly, yeah. like, you know, obviously Keith was abusing his power and he was giving people sound bites to think about that they were connecting on their own in the hopes of gaining power over them. Now, was Eckhart doing that? Is he the same? Not from where I'm sitting, but yeah, I don't, I don't see it. But like, look, he's got a huge organization. One of the things I have to say, a little tangent that I do have a bone to pick about when people say, "Well, he's making money." That in and of itself isn't a problem. If it's, it's if you're making money based on a con, and that's where I think you have to be specific because. Mm-hmm. I think he's not saying, I came up with all this. He, he even said, like, I'm just the window for this truth that I've connected to. Some people might say that's faux humble. My gut instinct says it's not. Somebody would say, well, your gut instinct was wrong before, so we can't trust you, which makes me go back to, I'm not telling you to follow him. Read it if you like to. If you don't, read something else. But also, people are at different stages in healing. And I think if I had picked up the power of now when I first got out of Nexium or heard that podcast, maybe I would have been like, no, 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 as well. But for me right now, it was really helpful specifically in understanding the collective ego concept and like the toxicity of the group, the ego of the group and like the, you know, tapping into like yeah. the specialness and especially to relate it to what we're watching now with the people who are still defending Keith. We don't have to mention names, but I see that process like it's very clear that there's a specialness, an ego to being mm-hmm. like, we are the last ones standing. We are the only ones with character and doesn't we're not going to buy into the, you know, the media or whatever. Like right, there's an right. ego to that that's really toxic. Mm-hmm. So it's helpful for me. That's all. Yeah, no, he, he hit some points for me as well. Okay, we have one more message. Maybe we'll do two more. Let's see how what conversation this yields. But this is from Blanca. And I'm excited about this because there's multiple points to it. There's a word salad in it that's really good and reminded us that we haven't been doing any this season. I just don't know what oh, happened. No. We're going to get back to it. I promise. Right, now. We do have a uh, five-minute episode that I have. Oh, yes. Dropping. Oh, my goodness. There's going to be a very special thing dropping on Patreon. If this isn't a way to lure you over to the cult of Patreon, (laughs) I don't know what is. But listen, I couldn't have even had Patreon when we first started because selling stuff was so challenging for me after Nexium. But I'm going to sell you on this because Nippy's got an impersonation of Keith Raniere that he did at one of the last Festival of Flowers performances for Nancy Salzman. And it is so good. He can't pump his own tires, but I will pump his tires. I think this was a major red flag for Keith because it Nippy nails his mannerisms, his intonations, and his storytelling. And it's you're not going to be able to see... Or we're going to be able to show the actual video on Patreon now. I was Oscar nominated in the 2016 Oscars. Yeah, Nippy was, D- yeah. Nippy was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. I didn't win. Our world. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> so check that out. Okay, here's a very long message from Blanca. Hi, Sarah Nippy. My name is Blanca, and I am a huge fan of your podcast. I found your podcast after watching season one of The Vow, which... Uh, was absolutely fascinating. Um, watched the first episode of season two, not as riveting 
uh, not enough Nippy and Sarah. Uh, and I say that facetiously, but not really, because you guys are really charismatic. And so with that element missing, it's just not the same. So kudos to you. Um, but I wanted to say thank you for having this podcast. I think it's really important work. Um, and it constantly reminds me of what I really discovered in watching The Vow, and that is that we are all um, very, very vulnerable to the sorts of uh, manipulations and um, coercion that these charismatic leaders employ to amass power and wealth. Um, I am a Buddhist, um, but uh, I like to think that I'm open to new ideas and new ways of thinking. Um, and I can very much see how in your situation, I would have done the same thing, or even as myself, given the right time and circumstance, I would have absolutely signed up um, and been as committed as you were. So um, listening to your story is fascinating and also kind of scary uh, in that sense. So uh, listening to your podcast feels a little bit like inoculation um, against those like mind viruses that Eckhart Holy or whatever his name is, um, talked about. Um, and speaking of which, I wanted to thank you for having him uh, on your show because even though it wasn't like your normal give and take sort of interview that you guys have, uh, I found his talk completely illuminating. Um, like I said, I'm a Buddhist, and so I, I believe that uh, there is no self, the ego um, is uh, uh, an obstruction on the path to enlightenment. But those are concepts that I understand conceptually and intellectually, and they're very, very hard to apply um, in terms of your day-to-day -day life. They're very hard to know experientially. And uh, what Eckhart did is he explained it in such a way that I was able to almost instantly understand and feel what those words meant. Um, and I know he's not a Buddhist. Um, I, at least I, I don't think he is a Buddhist. I don't believe he applies any sort of labels, uh, which makes complete sense um, since he uh, would, I assume, um, say that it, it's akin to an identity. But um, but I still found his, his words and um, his thoughts to be um, absolutely amazing. And I want to thank you for not throwing the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to spiritual, uh, teachings and spiritual concepts and thinking, um, because there is a lot of good that can be, uh, accomplished by tending to your spiritual self. Um, I also wanted to contribute my own word salad, uh, because that's my favorite part of your podcasts. Um, I'm not going to be as good uh, as Nippy is, but I'm going to give it my all. And I think I've heard enough of Keith Ranieri's ramblings where I can probably simulate it. It's not going to be that hard. The man is a self-parody. It's like an AI bot uh, got programmed with new age jargon and then spits it out. So that's what I'm going to try to channel. Okay, here I go. Okay, now imagine if you will, you as a small child. Now, when you're a small child, you'd like to play and play and play and satiate and satiate and comfort and comfort and comfort. And now what if, imagine as a child, you were also your adult self. You understand me? You understand what I'm saying? Now, your adult self 
you could say it's you can mm, say it's like a seed inside of you right now at ESP and ESP what we do is we take that seed and we plant it and we we plant it in fertile soil and uh, the more work you do the more you follow that striped path or work that striped path the more your seed will grow that's about it that's all i got okay uh, thank you both again for being so brave and sharing your story and keeping this conversation going it's desperately needed take care and i wish you and your family the best season take care bye-bye Pretty good word salad. Thank you, Blanca. Do you feel threatened by that? Do you feel like there's there's room for both of you in the word salad market? Uh, you know what? You know what? I kind of feel like, you know, I'm being challenged a little bit. That was pretty good. I'm impressed considering she's never even met the man. That was, was pretty good, Blanca. She did something pretty interesting there, I thought, about. She said that I think this is kind of the thing that goes on. Like someone like Eckhart, she hears Eckhart and goes, oh, she just described what I was feeling. Like Eckhart put language to something that, does that make sense? Now, yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily what he was trying to do, right? He's just riffing on his own thing. And I think, I don't think if you can't make sense of what he's saying, it's necessarily word salad. I think he might have in his mind what he's saying and describing. And, and that resonates with certain people because the words they use, like, you ever hear someone articulate something and go, yeah, that makes sense. But then hear someone else try and articulate something and go, eh, try again. But then it's resonating with you. Does that make sense what I just said? Kind of. What's not clear? I, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like when you don't understand something, it doesn't necessarily make it word salad. Right. I think I think word salad is where it's a problem is the intention of the person. And I think that's where I got a little defensive of Keith versus Eckhart. I don't think Eckhart's trying to confuse people so that right. he can control them. Exactly. I think he's exactly. I think he's trying to express some pretty heavy concepts and try to help people for, for the best way that he can. And we thought that's what Keith was doing, and he wasn't. Exactly, exactly. And I think Eckhart has an understanding of what he's saying. So, if, like, you know the example I give about the virus? Well, one might say that, like, there's a physical world, and in that physical world, there's viruses. But in essence, there might be a virus in the internal world. That's fucking word salad because there's nothing quantifiable about what I'm saying. I'm just saying shit that by sounds deep, but it's not. Yeah, exactly. Right. And making the obvious sound profound. Yeah. Right. I just so I just feel like it's arrogant for me to say, well, I found it helpful. So if you didn't, then it's worth, you're just like, yeah, yeah, you don't yeah, get sure it, it right? Like yeah. if you're not, it doesn't resonate with you, then don't listen to it. Right. That's what I think like we were 100% guilty of when we were in Nexium. Well, I just let it go when I didn't understand it. Yeah. If I was watching something and I, and I didn't understand it, I actually thought I'm not smart enough for this or like everyone else is smiling and nodding. And so I'm going to smile and nod too. It, was, it wasn't even, that wasn't even that conscious of it. I was just like, okay, I'm clearly missing there. Did I just fall asleep? I zoned out. And they used to say, right? Like Nancy used, used to say all the time, if you catch yourself falling asleep in the middle of a concept, it means you have a disintegration in that area. Right. So they say like, what were you talking about just before you zoned out? Oh, we're talking about money. Okay. Do I have a disintegration zone money? Of course. Well, like most people do. So yeah. I think that that was the backbone of making the word salad mm -hmm. acceptable because it just pointed to an area of that I have a disintegration around. Mm -hmm. So that's why I can't follow him. But I think also, listen, we were careful about this. And like, again, we're not experts, but we did talk to two specific experts. And one person, I think it was actually Stephen Hassan, said that 
he didn't think he was a problem, but there, he does have a sort of a hypno, hypnotic voice, and that's just the way that he yeah, talks. Uh, he, he did personally. I, you know, I haven't listened to that much Eckhart, and I haven't read much of his stuff. But uh, you know, when it comes to spiritual stuff, I'm more interested in just not that that spiritual okay. realm. Yeah, for me personally, it doesn't mean it doesn't have value, though. and who knows? Like it might in ten, fifteen years, but right now, I just don't feel particularly drawn to it. Hey there, listener. Hope you're enjoying this episode and that you're remembering to hydrate, stretch, and unclench your jaws. Sometimes listening to conversations about heavy topics can really make you tighten up, you know? And remember, a little bit culty loves you. Also, come hang out with us on Patreon after you finish this episode. It's fun over there. Fun is good. And now, here's a brief message from our sponsors. This is Brittany. What's up, guys? Long-time listener, first-time caller. Also, I'm from the ATL, so glad you people are headed back. Or for the first time for you, Sarah, you'll love it. Um, Nippy, here's the deal. I cannot hear anyone say, you know, it's interesting, without thinking a total word salad is about to come. In conversations, when I'm talking with my friends, every time anyone says the word, it's interesting, 100% I hear you in my head, so... Thanks for all you guys are doing. Thanks for jumping into my mind uh, throughout the regular day as people are having conversations and saying something's interesting. Love you guys. Support you so much. And you're my favorite podcast. Have a good one. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, when I hear that, (laughs) (laughs) it's so true though. It's like, I hope I didn't didn't fuck up. (laughs) You know, it's interesting that... I can't even do it. it, but it's true. You do tend to use that even when you're not doing word salad because I think it's become just part of who you are. So watch it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That was one of my favorites. That's a great. <laughs> that was that's so great. Good. <laughs> that's a good positive I, I, review. I hope we run into her. That was awesome. Listen, y'all. Thank you for reaching out and supporting us during another wave of chaos with the vow airing it's very very humbling to have all this support yeah we feel very loved appreciative to the people in patreon and uh, watching our post episode the other day that was hilarious yes and uh look forward to delivering more content for you guys yes and we are going to have some really cool things there and listen it doesn't inspire you to join don't i will say that it is a way for us to keep going and pay for people to help us make it better. And uh, it's not cheap making a podcast. So we really, really appreciate that support there over on Patreon. And you'll get lots of goodies, lots and lots of goodies, including we have uh, an episode where our kids are going to interview us and ask what it, what they want to know. And lots really? of other, yeah. We talked about it in the bath with Troy and Ace. They want to be on the podcast. So I think it's time we bring them in to the fold. (laughs) All right. Till next time. Till next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hope you like this episode. Let's keep the conversation going and come hang out with us on Patreon.
where we keep the tape rolling each week with special episodes just for Patreon subscribers and where we get deep into the weeds of unpacking every episode of The Vow. And if you're looking for our show notes or some sweet, sweet swag or official ALBC podcast merch or a list of our most recommended cult recovery resources, visit our website at alittlebitculty.com. And for more background on what brought us here, check out Sarah's page-turning memoir. It's called Scarred true story of how I escaped Nexium, the cult that bound my life. It's available on Amazon, Audible, narrated by my wife, and at most bookstores. A Little Bit Culty is a TalkHouse podcast and a Trace 120 production. We're executive produced by Sarah Edmondson and Anthony Nippy Ames, with writing, research, and additional production support by senior producer Jess Tardy. We're edited, mixed, and mastered by our rocking producer, Will Rutherford of Citizens of Sound, and our amazing theme song, Cultivated, is by John Bryant and co-written by Nigel Asselin. Thank you for listening.